Next up on Visual Wow. This pandemic has been very different for a lot of different types of people in a lot of different industries. We want to do whatever we can. Let's worry about money in second. And really, what do these clients need? What do these businesses need to survive? And how can we help that process? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Welcome back, Visual Wow community. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host, and here today with Danny Weiss, WTOP News, Hubbard Broadcasting, Digital Marketing Specialist, all around just really smart guy in the media world. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, uh, Danny. You're a unique uh, guest to the Washington to the Washington talent to my Washington talent world and my Visual Wow podcast, which the two of them seem like they are constantly intertwined, uh, and I don't regret that in any way, shape, or form. They are they are very uh, symbiotic to each other. Um, you are a Washington talent customer. We just finished doing your daughter's bat mitzvah. Um, you and I know each other from the corporate world, from your former life at Capital Camps. Uh, now you're a uh, uh, fancy schmancy guy over at WTOP News. Um, tell me what's going on in your life. We had a lot of, a lot of things going on in our ups down, upside down world, and here we are now. Yeah, so uh, lots of things. Uh, professionally, it's been obviously a very tough year. So over the last you know, eight months, it's really been getting used to and, and dealing with COVID, both from the personal side of things, both from the school side of things with my, with my kids. Um, professionally, we've certainly had some ups and downs and a lot of downs. Uh, so we've been adjusting to what business is like in, you know, during the pandemic and how long will that last? And then also trying to plan a bat mitzvah and make that as special as possible as we could for my daughter. Uh, you know, I know that either of those by themselves for a lot of people is, um, is a lot to swallow and, and WTOP being a, an absolute staple in the Baltimore, Washington community, certainly a, a radio station that I, I, I grew up listening to at the backseat of my dad's car. And, uh, whenever I'm not on satellite radio, if you hit FM on my, on my, uh, on my car, it goes to 103.5. So, uh, an absolute staple in our community. And if you're doing digital media, uh, I can only imagine how that has affected uh, or how COVID has affected that. But maybe our listeners can't understand that from an advertising and how the revenue stream works in a media company like, you know, a Hubbard Broadcasting or any any radio station environment. So, yeah. So I do work on the client services side, obviously the revenue generating side, uh, working with different sponsors, different advertisers. This pandemic has been you know, very different for a lot of different types of people in a lot of different industries. I have a handful of clients who, uh, you know, their businesses are up 30 and 40% due to COVID. So things in the home service categories, I have nursery clients that they're, they're killing it this year. Uh, people have been spending a lot more time in their homes um, than, you know, banks, the, the getting money and loans has been relatively inexpensive this year. So people have been refinancing like crazy. Real estate market is pretty hot. So helping those types of clients reinforce their message of why now and how do you reach all of those potential consumers has, has been fun in a lot of ways. Um, on the other side of things, especially early in the pandemic, um, 
when everything came to a halt, here, at least here in D.C., you know, late March, April, May, um, healthcare was was having a hard time. Events industry, as you know, totally stopped. Hospitality stopped. Conferences stopped. Um, and a lot of those have just not been able to even come back. So we've been in a position of how do we help our clients? How do we help our partners? Um, in the beginning, it was, we want to do whatever we can. Let's worry about money second. And really, what do these clients need? What do these businesses need to survive? And how can we help that process? And so if that means free advertising, if that means taking a break from their current commitments and with advertising, whatever we needed to do to, to help those clients get through it is what we did. Um, so from my perspective, it actually really helped because we didn't have to uh, rely on pushing sales, pushing sales. It was like, forget the money, forget that part of the equation. It's just how do we want to help? And that's always how we go approach businesses. How can we help? And what are your goals? This just happened to be a unique time period to do so. Uh, have you have you found have you found that because certain businesses are actually thriving through this upside down world that we are now in, and some are in the in the tank like the events industry, are are you finding there's almost peer pressure not only on a personal but on a professional level that some people don't want to be showing off that they're spending money on something because they're their business or vocation is doing really well while people right next to them are, are, are really trying to, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Um, I, I don't know if I'm sensitive to that. I think in DC we're a little sheltered in a lot of ways. Um, and maybe I should preface this by saying for WTOP client base, uh, about 30, 35% is based on cyber and IT companies and federal government contractors. So in our world, there's been a lot of people that have certainly been hurt, but the federal contractors have certainly kept us afloat. The federal government is still working, you know, teachers and um, government employees, they're all still working. They're all still getting paychecks. So the people are spending things different. It's, it's the pressure is reaching those types of people differently. Um, they're dealing with working from home and balancing work-life balance. But from my perspective, there's a lot of people in this town, at least, that are, are financially still doing okay. Now, there are a lot of people in the events industry or the, uh, you know, the event support conferences, as I anything, mentioned. Anything in hospitality. Anything in hospitality has certainly been hurt, so I'm sensitive to that as well. Um, I, I don't know if some people are just not intentionally throwing, you know, putting things up in their face, like the renovation renovation companies are also doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, people are putting money into their homes. So, you know, do you rub that? Do you put that on social media? I have seen a lot of people that say, Hey, look at my new kitchen um, within my own network. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, trying to just be pompous and fortunate or that's just people's behavior. So in, I know in the, in the live events industry, one of the biggest issues we've dealt with, and, and I'm, this is kind of where our relationship crosses over from business and, and personal, one of the things that we dealt with out of the gate March and April was canceling and rescheduling and how do you handle deposits. How does that work on a, on a corporate level, for example, if someone's got a 12, like I've done tons of radio advertising in my life, um, how does that work when you have... Uh, somebody who's got an annual contract and they've got an ex commitment and their industry just tanked. 
Um, mm-hmm. How have you guys found creative ways to to show the soft side of your business and keep the customer, but but work with them on obligations? And I don't mean specifics, but just kind of in round terms. How do you deal with that on a cor- corporate level in media? So I can only speak in terms of how WTOP and Hubbard has been handling things versus um, industry-wide. I can tell you the media industry in terms of contracts is actually pretty loosey-goosey to begin with. We do business as, I'll say as gentlemen, but as as good people, and we want to do good business. And in the media world, regardless of if you have a contract or a 12-month commitment, you're only being charged for the the on-air distribution that you have. So if if you, Washington Talent, are in a commitment and saying it's a you know 12-month commitment, but as of this Monday, you say, hey, we're having a really hard time, just pull all of our commercials, we pull them and we can't charge you from that point forward. Um, so in a lot of ways, that's been um, pretty easy because if the advertiser needs to stop advertising right now, I'll give you... Um, Healthcare, for example, in the early in the pandemic, healthcare services, everybody needed healthcare still. Um, there were a lot of fears around healthcare, but dentists and elective surgeries were not being permitted to operate, right? So that's really where they're making a lot of their, their fees and their revenue, but they couldn't offer those services. So for some of our clients, we said, hey, let's just not worry about it. If you want us to continue, if you need us to get a message out, almost like a PSA message of the hospital is safe, continue to go to the hospital. Um, we're gonna, we actually had extra inventory and we were able to give some of that inventory to the local community hospitals and the local um, businesses that, that had those types of messages that needed to get out there. I have noticed, at least on television, I've noticed um, that a lot of elective medical procedures, dental, things like that have shown up on TV again. Like, uh, okay, the coast isn't quite clear, but we've, we've cleaned off the window a little bit. You can see through. And by the way, cosmetic surgery is still available. You can get your teeth fixed. You can do those yep. kind of things. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how do you see, I know we, none of us have a crystal ball and, and yes, we, by the time this episode airs, we will, uh, we will know that we either have a second term president or a new president. Um, do you, do you see anything dramatically? Again, I'm comparing to the live events industry that I talk about every day. Do you see anything dramatically changing in your media world until something dramatically changes with the pandemic itself? Um, interesting enough. So we've been, tra- we track, so our, our rates and our demand is all generated by traffic on the roads. Um, so we use that as an indicator in terms of how is life getting back to normal? And is there people driving around? What we've noticed is listening behavior, consumer behavior has changed, but we're actually now getting levels, um, to pre-pandemic levels, meaning we're higher now than we were even before the pandemic started so in terms and of listenership, listenership, and listenership and listenership and followership on WTOP.com and other social channels that we use. Um, in a lot of ways, looking forward, I personally don't see things getting back to normal until the schools really are able to open. Um, once the schools can open, and I'm talking in mass, I'm talking Montgomery County, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Howard County. Um, Once they're able to open, then parents can be able to go back to work um, and not have to stay home with their kids. And and so there'll be a lot more traffic. There'll be a lot more uh, just 
drivers. Right now, like I said, people's behaviors have changed. We see a lot of drivers in the cars where they were morning drive was the busiest time period, right? The 6 a.m. to 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, the, the traffic jams left and right around 274.95. We don't see those in the morning anymore, but we do see the volume spreading out over the course of the day. So we have more listeners during the course of the day than we do in the mornings. Um, so that's been a big shift. I actually think that will continue a little bit. Um, so again, that gets into a little bit of, of how are we reaching our consumers? How are our rates determined? Um, and then how are we tracking that goes through a little bit through Nielsen um, in terms of just average radio ratings, but also we're using more scientific data based on people's cell phones activity. So we're tracking with Google and we're tracking with Apple phones to understand who's out on the roads, when they're out on the roads. And so we just know based on how much traffic patterns on those cell phones that there's more listeners in the cars now. Yeah, I think we would all love to have been able to know this was coming in February and all bought stock in Netflix and Zoom and and things like that that have absolutely skyrocketed. And I've got to believe that news junkies like myself um, as much as I like whatever it is that I like on television, uh, I, I and, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking, I, I'm an avid WTOP listener, and I kind of miss it when I, I, I don't think about WTOP uh, when I'm at home. I think about WTOP right. the minute I get in my car. But if anybody in management at Hubbard or at WTOP want to hear a, a real live honest testimonial, I am thrilled that I can get to WTOP on Alexa because uh, <laughs> I have my little Alexa in the bathroom. And first thing in the morning when I'm getting ready, I, I tell you, probably four days out of five, uh, WTOP gets 10 to 15 minutes of my time because I can just ask for it in my bedroom, yep. uh, which is just about like pushing a button in my car. Um, yep. But I do agree with you that the traffic trends have absolutely changed. Um, I've hit two traffic jams going from Rockville to Tyson's Corner uh, between 3 and 6 o'clock in the last couple of weeks. And uh, on the one hand, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled yeah. that I'm hitting a traffic jam. On the other hand, I'm like, really? A traffic jam today? I didn't plan for that. Right. But I can only imagine how much that uh, really affects you guys. Um, I'm processing the information that that we're talking about because – um, you are a unique, a unique guest to the Visual Wow podcast and um, to the listening audience to get more, learn more, not just about Danny and what he's all about. Um, as you know, all the social channels and his link and everything will be in the show notes. Um, but because you're, you're not directly in the live events industry on your professional life. So before I switch the conversation over to your personal life where we're going to talk about live events, um, why don't you let people know uh, the best social channels for you and for WTOP? So uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, they know how to get to you. Uh, sure. So WTOP side, WTOP.com and on Facebook, WTOP News. Um, it's on LinkedIn as well. Otherwise, my Facebook is just Danny Weiss. My LinkedIn is also Danny Weiss. Well, there you go. Danny Weiss. Pretty, uh, pretty, should, pretty easy. Yeah, there should only be about six or 8,000 of those in the United States. But that's right. One special one in, uh, in our visual uh, listening audience hearts uh, here in the Baltimore, Washington area. So as we kind of go from your WTOP life, um, we recently celebrated your daughter's bat mitzvah. Uh, what are we now? A couple of months ago, uh, beginning of September. Yep. And you went through, uh, if you don't mind me saying, a pretty tumultuous uh 
leap of faith and a lot of uncertainty right there at the pinnacle of, of the beginning of COVID when we were just putting the fine tooth, uh, dotting I's and crossing T's about a weekend celebration we were going to do on Labor Day um, at Capitol Camps for your daughter, for your whole family. Uh, three-day celebration. We were all going to be uh, hanging out there in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. And we ended up doing a really nice party at your home. But for the event-related people that are regular listeners to our program, um, from the consumer side, what was that like for you? And for more, more importantly, what was that like for Shira, your wife? Um, I think it was hardest for Shira, my wife, as opposed to even me or my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting if you think about it when planning a bat mitzvah. So we had been planning this. We had this vision for three plus years. We we are a diehard Capital Camps family. We have all spent many, many, many years there. My both children have grown up at Capital Camps, and when we started thinking about bat mitzvah, there was just no question in our mind. We wanted to do a whole weekend a thing at her happy place at Capitol camps. Um, she's also, my daughter happens not to be a dress up kind of girl and was not really into the whole dancing thing and get dressed up thing. Like camp is her happy place. And she wanted to have a pool party and all of her friends and family next to her at Capitol camps. So planning it, she also, uh, you know, fast forward, we, we got everything under arrangements with Capitol camps, probably two and a half years early. Um, you and I started talking about two years early. We connected. Yeah, I kind of feel other. like, I kind of feel like Ellie was in diapers when we started talking about this. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, I think you connected me to Ari Jones. So we needed a party planner. So great. We worked with Ari about two years in advance, a year and a half in advance. Um, and everything was moving forward just perfectly. My daughter started bat mitzvah tutoring in January, well before the pandemic. Um, for the September bat mitzvah. So come March, the pandemic hit, everything closed down. And honestly, in the beginning, nobody really knew how long it was going to last. And everybody thought, okay, we're closing down for a week or two. And then it was like a, you know, hour by hour, day to day type of change. And at that point it was, oh my God, schools are canceled, but like, we're all going back. They just canceled for three or four weeks. And then it was, oh, no, work now canceled through the end of the year. And then kind of towards the end of May, it was, are the kids going to be able to go to campus and sleepaway camp over the summer? And then early June, the decision was called that, no, they can't, right? So we didn't even have the bat mitzvah, in, I want to say, changing the plan in mind until even in July, Um because we were just convinced that e- even if we had to do it a little bit differently or take some different types of precautions, we were still going to be together at Capitol Camps in-, in September. And at that point, my daughter had continued her bat mitzvah tutoring and went virtual, as you can imagine. Um, but then all of a sudden, now it's June and late June. Um, and she already knew her Torah portion and she already knew her Hof Torah portion and she knew the prayers and she was pretty much ready to go. And we didn't know and we kept stalling the decision like at that come you know june sheer and i started having some more serious conversations about it my wife was not ready to accept i want to say defeat was not ready to accept the fact that we may have to change it um and we started reaching out to both you as well as ari and then also our decor guy um aaron camper who we had a contract with and 
the camp was being extremely flexible. The camp wanted to accommodate us. The camp was bending over backwards. Anything they could possibly do to get us up there, they were going to do for us. Um, and they were going to hold the decision. Also, their business has tanked, right, in terms of retreat business. So sure. they had the space. They had the availability. Nothing was going to change before the end of August. Um, so they said, just, we don't need to know until two weeks beforehand um, so that we can order the right food. And we said, great, well, let's hold that decision. Well, we started talking to um, Ari and Aaron Camper. When's the latest you need to know to pull off this this and it was really Aaron Camper and the decor who had the most preparation, um, who said, look, I, I got to start making things for you mid-July if I'm going to pull them off for the end of August. Um, so we said, okay, what's the last point that you need to know? And I think he said something like July 10th. So we knew we had to um, make a decision by July 10th. The decision weighed on us and weighed on my wife. I think I was a little more pragmatic to say, okay, like, if we were going to do something else, what would that look like? And we started coming up with some of those conversations, even though we still had hope we were going to do the bot mitzvah camp. Um, the pressure, I just remember the pressure in trying to make that call. And then all the factors that go into planning, like what do the invitations look like and what are they going to say and who's invited? Cause that changes the scope. And well, if we don't have the service at, at, um, capital camps. Could we do it at the synagogue? And what would that like? And are they equipped to do a zoom service? And, you know, all of these types of conversations uh, started a lot of just pressure and discomfort amongst me and Shira. Um, and Look, finally I, one, yeah, I, I get it. I get it from the, from the consume from the vendor side. And also because we're friends and I remember checking in with you towards the end of May and June, and we, we were already talking about question marks. I remember talking to you in July right before you pulled the trigger. And, um, and, and then obviously afterwards, we feel it. We feel it, A, with our normal customers, B, when you know the client, like, like I know you and your family, uh, you know, we get it. We understand the stress because, you know, in a certain way, don't think we don't have it also. We're trying to figure out, well, you know, how are we going to help them give them the same kind of thing? They're already feeling like everything is against them. And we as vendors, I don't care if you're the caterer or the photographer or the DJ, whatever it might be. Um, it's one of the things Ari Jones was also a, a guest on our podcast last month. We talked about these kind of things. How do you yeah. help the customer rest their head on a soft pillow, if you will, knowing that they just feel like the world is on top of them? Yeah, it, it, it's it, it just it sucks all the way around for all of us. I also like uh, I, I like to think I want to make good on all my commitments and my promises to the vendors, and I see with my own eyes how that's happening. We had decisions or at least conversations. Could we postpone it? Could we reschedule it? Could we do it at another time? And because we had this vision at Capital Camps, um, and just because of where we were in COVID, there were just no guarantees that even pushing it back three months, six months, a year would even still be possible. So at, at come, you know, early July, we had to make that difficult decision that says, okay, we still want to have a bat mitzvah in some shape or form. Um, and what is that going to look like? And that's, I think, where a lot of uh, both you, Ari, were able to help us think through, well, what could this look like and what can we do and what, what takes into account social distancing? Um, you know, we have a lot of out-of-town guests that unfortunately couldn't make it, including, you know, my parents or the grandparents of the bat mitzvah girl who live in Florida couldn't make the, the bat mitzvah, their first granddaughter. So that was traumatic 
also for other people. Um, but it was really important to, I think, ultimately to Shira and I to say, you know what, she's worked really, really hard for this and we can still make a very, very special day out of it. And it actually put a little more emphasis, not that the party isn't important, but it, it was really nice. You know, now I'm looking back, really nice that the service really became a highlight, number one. And we were able to include people that would not have otherwise been included because of Zoom. So, you know, pre-COVID, nobody Zoomed bar mitzvahs, nobody live streamed bar bar mitzvahs. But now we had family in London, we had family in Israel, we had family in California that were able to join us and um, log on and be a part of this, this, the service and the ceremony. And we did a couple extra things that I think really made a difference to make sure that they felt included. Um, so it was good. Well, I, I want to just compliment you, uh, and of course compliment Shira for, you know, making you think these were all your ideas when they were her ideas. <laughs> um, and let's not forget about Jonah because being the young man here in the family and everybody's focusing on Ellie's bat mitzvah, um, I'm sure that led to its own issues with, you know, being the little man on the totem pole, but his, his day will come and God willingly, we won't be dealing with a pandemic come around his bar mitzvah time. Um, but I just want to tell the listening audience that of what your family did, and I happen to think a lot of it has to do with the mutual skill set between you and Shira about how you really turned a home event. First of all, we had a great time at the synagogue, at least the part that I was a part of doing your portraits. Your family just kept an incredibly positive attitude. And I've done several barn bat mitzvahs and weddings during COVID, and people tend to come to their activity, unfortunately, no matter how much we try to tell them not to or psychotherapeutically explain to them why they shouldn't show up at their event with a black cloud over their head. And one thing about your family is that from the portraits we did the week before um, or the two weeks before, shall we, I think we did it. um, You guys just showed up ready to go. Like, like nothing had changed. Um, Everybody was in a great mood. We did super fun pictures outside. We did great stuff inside the shul. Um, And then we prepared for, for what is um, I, I think, um, and and the man upstairs uh, hopefully had something to do with it. I asked for favors. You had a perfect day. I think it was 78, 80 degrees we were dealing with on on Labor Day weekend. Um, your your entire entertainment package was Carmen's ice cream, which I just think was completely awesome. Uh, yeah. And I think you still thought it through the way a camp director would think it through. You, you had your guests come. Um, I'm going to kind of do this with broad strokes and, and let you talk about the details if I miss any. Uh, sure. I'm telling you from a, I'm telling the listening audience from a vendor standpoint, what a pleasure it is to watch somebody uh, really execute great planning and and with Ari's help and Aaron's help, you you came to your home. The yard looked great. You had great decor outside. Um, you had a great environment for photographs to be taken of your guests. Um, you had the Carmen's truck outside. But you planned an event from two or three o'clock in the afternoon through the evening with movie night in the backyard. And you really gave Ellie and all of her friends and your family a full day experience the same way you were going to do that at Capitol Camps. And to that, I truly commend you and share for what you pulled off. I really do. It was a great event. Thank you. We appreciate that. And I think it was... Uh, kind of just going with the flow of everything COVID related is you, ha- you have to have the mentality of like, it, 
you just got to be fluid and go with the punches. And it was her day. We wanted to make it special. We did a lot of really cool, unique things. Um, we took her logo. We, you know, we actually, I think one of the, the cool things we did is we made really nice t-shirts for all of the kids and we sent the t-shirts out ahead of time. Um, you know, with the invitations to say, if you're going to be on zoom, please join us on zoom, please put your camera on and please wear your LE t-shirts that day. Um, and people did. And then people were texting us pictures all day of, of themselves or their kids in the LE t-shirts. And then when people came, as you saw Jack, uh, throughout the afternoon, um, people were wearing their LE t-shirts all afternoon. The kids were just decked out in LE, LE, LE. It was awesome. It was nice. It was um, totally awesome we made Ellie masks and made sure everybody was comfortable. It was a little hard. We wanted to include a lot of people, but we didn't want a lot of people at one time. So we had to have kind of a, a rigid timeline. We assigned two families or three families at a time all outside to come enjoy Carmen's, but they had a 30 minute time window. So if they were late, which unfortunately we had a couple people, we said, thanks for coming. It's been your 15 minutes, but your time slots up and you have to leave. So, so, you know, making sure that that, ran on schedule was important luckily the weather was just phenomenal um so i, I don't know who to thank for that i'll thank you jack but for the for, for the prayer happily but, take credit for it but, <laughs> but it was great nothing to do with it um you know we we tried to incorporate her things of camp she loves camp so we had a personalized cake that was really nice and went overboard on the cake uh we invited in, in her world, she has school friends and she has camp friends. So we had some of her camp friends come over for a, call it a drive by a, uh, you know, Carmen's eating and go. We had her school friends over for that evening, um, for the movie night, which was fabulous. And again, the weather held out, um, the decor, I think worked perfectly. The lights, uh, for Washington talent were awesome. Um, and then this was also part one. So what you didn't see was part two of the, of the bat mitzvah. Again, she missed camp. So we wanted to give her some type of camp experience with her camp friends. So last weekend we invited her and her closest camp friends away for the weekend to a lake. And we rented an Airbnb house on, on Lake Anna and Shira and I, and we brought one quote unquote, one counselor with us, um, to play silly games and to swim in the lake and to cook them dinner and to have campfire and to have s'mores. And that was kind of her plan that B is awesome. I wish you had called your photographer who would gladly have come there just for a <laughs> more in a picture. Um, you guys did it right. Um, you, you really did. Uh, I appreciate the, the plugs. Um, but, but more than anything else is that you, you, you didn't strangle your vendors and you let us do our job. And, um, and I, I hope in the end, we look back on this. I mean, I can say because of the amount that we have done previously that I, I really think yours was the best, at least to date, uh, was the absolute best conversion to a, a home front yard, backyard environment. I thought, I think it was incredibly well executed. And, and one of the things that I have seen happen during COVID uh, you did it one way and Zoom is doing it another way. You allowed two or three families to come every, whatever it was, 20 or 30 minutes. And that allowed you and your family to spend quality time with each one of those families. And, and, um, and also you, you, you re-copyrighted the saying, you snooze, you lose, you show up late, you only got five minutes with us. Uh, but anyway, you, you really had an opportunity with you and Shira to be able to, and with the kids, 
to be able to spend quality time with each one of the families in that 30 minute window. And we see the same thing happening on weddings that we're doing zoom with that, that even though people, you know, we, the true, the, the trials and tribulations of complaining and being upset about what this pandemic has done to us, it's kind of, you know, out the window at this point, we can't really do anything about it, but to the bride and groom who have, you know, a hundred people, reaching the wedding day through Zoom, they now get to look at a screen, post their ceremony, and actually have a couple of minutes to look at everybody and really see what these people were all about and show some real love and support for them. And I think you did the exact same thing the way you monitored and, and, you, and you had your guests showing up on a time schedule. I, I think it was really a great execution. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. And honestly, we, you know... Uh, Besides going back to Capital Camps, I don't know if we would have changed anything about the day. Um, we also did the video hugs, which I had never seen before. We asked people to send personalized messages to Ellie. We, you know, that was a surprise for her. We showed her that during the afternoon. Um, we did the montage. We showed that a couple times. So we really tried to do our best. Well, again, realizing that this is basically all Shira's idea and you just came along for the ride, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, that's my way of ensuring that she listens to this podcast, not scratching her head about <laughs> why you and I were having a conversation, a recorded conversation. Um, but I'm really, I'm really for, for Ellie, for your family. Um, I'm, I'm really glad it works out. And, and again, I, I hope with Jonah, we, we, uh, we don't have to jump through quite so many hoops of fire to get to the finish line. Yeah. We're praying. Um, any, uh, any last minute thoughts, Danny? We've, uh, we've hit your personal life. We've hit your professional life. Uh, any pearls of wisdom for the listening audience of how you see, uh, how you see things uh, to, to keep the optimistic? Like, I, I love the fact that you walk on the sunny side of the street like I do. It's, uh, it's one of the reasons uh, you and I, I think, have always gotten along so well. Is life just sucks if you have to live it up with a black cloud over your head. What, what, yeah. what do you see coming down the pike for, uh, for the world? Oh, that's a big broad, broad, stroke, broad strokes there as we're, <laughs> as we're staring at an election in less than seven days. Right. That's a big, broad question. I don't know what's coming down. the I think this is going to be longer lived than anybody ever anticipated. It already has been, but I unfortunately don't see it going away. I, my, I don't see the kids going back to school, unfortunately, by the end of the year. Um, I'm praying for next fall. Uh, it's just crazy to think about that. Um, I'm I'm praying for vendors like you and the entertainment world to get back up on their feet. I uh, my brother was in the entertainment world. He has since lost his job, um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that he can get back to something. I've had good friends in the entertainment world, you know, and in the hospitality world that have certainly been affected. So, uh, you know, I, we all just want everybody to get back up on their feet. I just want to share with the listening audience because you've heard me say it before. For those of you that are regular listeners. Um, when we talk about hospitality and live events, just remember that the guy who sold hot dogs or the girl, uh, the, the person who sold hot dogs at the stadium for the football game, the valet at the hotel that was parking your car, the bell captains that were waiting for you at the hotels, the housekeeping people in the hotel industry, the guitar players, the piano players, the violin players that played at weddings, photographers, videographers, caterers, florists, limo drivers. We in the live events industry were the first ones hit and will probably be the last ones to, to come back in full strength. Um, kind of crossing back over to music and media because it's your neck of the woods. 
I don't know if you noticed yesterday, some offshoot from Capitol Records, I think it was, conglomerate that has something to do with the live event and live music industry. They're putting together a, a very big bailout for the venue part of the live events industry because they're trying to ensure that when we can go back to concerts, there's a place to go back to concerts at. Right. Um, it is horrible. I, uh, you know, ironically in the decades that we've known each other, I completely agree with you. I think this pandemic is not going away anytime soon. Um, I pray that you're right about school in the fall, but I really do believe that until kids are back in school and we're allowed to go back into restaurants, life as we know it is not, the, the word normal is going to continue to be redefined. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but true. Um, I will and, say, sorry to cut you off. No, 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 go. I wanted to make sure, reflecting back on the bat mitzvah and then, you know, working with vendors like you, I think it was like Sheer and I really debated on, well, should we use this as an opportunity to save some money? Should we, hey, it's just a backyard party. Do we need a photographer for a backyard party? Um, those conversations absolutely took place. And both of us were were unanimous in thinking, you know what, this is still her bottom. And so we still want to memorialize this. We still want to remember this day. And we still don't want to be the ones wearing, taking out our cell phones, taking pictures. Um, the pictures were a tremendous asset afterwards. Uh, obviously, not me just bragging about you and your talent, but the just the fact that we had a professional photographer come and help us with the day um, to remember the day was awesome. Um, the Just to have Ari and and... Aaron be able to do whatever they could and were able to do to make it that much more special was great. It ended up being a little bit less expensive than, than if it was at capital camps. But at this point it really wasn't about the money. It was how do we make the best experience and how are we going to remember for, you know, forever. So, so thank you for that. Well, I, I, first of all, thank you for the plug. Um, as I told you in the, in the teaser, this is not what we do this podcast for, but I, I appreciate the plug. Um, Again, another compliment to you and to your family. Um, I, I, because of budgets and, and all those kind of things, because you stuck with us, um, you know, we were trying to help you through the movie night. Uh, I definitely did not anticipate the fact that I was your photographer and I was actually going to be kept busy with <laughs> 15 or 25 people every half an hour. I really felt like I was going to take a handful of pictures. And then I could quietly set up the screen in the backyard and set up the projector, which was not coming for several hours to pass. And, um, and what, what amongst photographers, we had this conversation a lot of recent is that you have a, a couple of challenges. Number one is to get the client to realize that the drive-by party, I don't care if it's a wedding or a bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, the drive-bys are twice as hard to photograph as as a regular event i mean stick people into a hotel ballroom uh and, and you have a captive audience you have a four-hour party get them in get them out you have a scientific formula have three different families show up every 30 minutes is an entirely <laughs> different recipe yeah and i really thought i was going to have time while i was doing you know the early part of your event to be helping set up your projector and your screen for the movie night and, uh, and as you know, I, I called in my buddy Shmula Kalmani to come help me, uh, who I did not even realize that you knew. Um, and uh, just recently, we were talking about what a blast your party was. And I absolutely had to have a second person there because the amount of energy that goes into a front yard, in your case, or a backyard party is no different for us than if it was at Capitol Camps or if it was at a hotel ballroom. 
Um, and, and so to the listening audience, to the consumers who are thinking about not having a DJ or not having a photographer, whatever it may be, remember, it's still your kid's party. It's still a life event. And, and Danny, thank you for the plug. Using your cell phone to take those pictures and throwing people together is, is not the life memories that a professional vendor, uh, events professional will do for you in creating those images, especially when it's happening so fast and the families are changing and you don't know what's going to happen when the ice cream hits the ground and all the other right. kind of things that we dealt with at your, at your house. Exactly. Well, listen, uh, I really appreciate your time today, Danny. I'm glad things worked out for us uh, on the personal level. I am very happy to hear that TOP and the rest of your professional world has found a way to uh, massage the times and massage the clients to make everything work together. And uh, we here at the Visual Wow Podcast, we're very happy to host you. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for having me. Good luck. Onward and upwards, as they say. Visual Wow listening audience, go. thanks again for tuning in. You can find out more about Danny and the rest of our show at visualwow.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Jack Hartsman, and we're out. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.